Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandy Taylor. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Fear It Goes. Today, we have a very special guest, Kathy Orman, a health coach, the founder of The Sugar Switch podcast and book, and she is on a mission. And her mission is to teach others how to kick the sugar and refined food habit, because this will dramatically change your life as it has hers. And we're going to talk about that today. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Kathy Orman. Hello, Kathy, and welcome to Fear It Goes. I'm so grateful that you've come on to speak to us about sugar and really, really inform our wonderful listeners about the pros and cons of what we can do with sugar. <laughs> hey, Brandy, thank you so much for having me on Fear It Goes. This is so exciting. I'm always, always excited to get the word out to people about sugar and how it can, um, how they can make their life better by changing the sugar that they eat, eliminating it or reducing it or whatever. So it's really mm. exciting to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. And I, I, it's funny because I'm a big believer in what you do. I'm a big believer in the whole revolution, I would think, um, around sugar and how we are looking at it in our diet today. I think we do anyways, at least I hope we do. And if you're not, you might, you might really be doing that after this, this episode. And I hope so. I hope so. So we're going to clarify some things today, even just around sugar and the different forms that it comes in and what that means for us. So I think that's a really good space for us to start with is talking about, let's start with fruit. Because most people look at fruit and they think it's healthy. And that's true. There's truth in that. Um, but then like the different levels of fruit in its full form, fruit in a smoothie form, so blended up, and then um, and then moving into juice and then really moving into sugars. I think that's kind of a nice place for us to start so that people have a good grasp of or understanding of sugar like that. Yes, yes, for sure. That's a, a great kind of segue into it. Fruit itself is, of course, very healthy. But the, the nice thing about fruit is that Mother Nature and the universe created this package they call fruit. Yeah. And in the package is nutrition. It's not just sugar. It's, it's sugar, but it's moderated by all kinds of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients. Mm. Some of its colors where there's high antioxidants and there's fiber. Fiber Absolutely. is the biggie. Yes. Fiber is a huge one. <laughs> it is. Fiber is like the kingpin here. Yeah. So, you know, what, what people are taking in as a package is healthy. But there is that component we just talked about of sugar in all the fruit. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about just on that alone. But if a person were to have like one orange as a snack or one apple with especially with some protein or something, that's super duper healthy. But if they mm. were to have just the fruit itself as a snack, that's okay too. Yet, if they were to have like three apples all together at once, mm. it gets to be a little bit out of the ballpark of healthy. It's a little bit, you're, you're moving away from healthy because you're adding up more and more sugar. Okay, wait a minute. So, so what you're saying is if I was to have three apples worth of apple pie, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, because the the sugar compounds a lot more than say the fiber does. The sugar adds up, and the reason that happens is because you end up with almost like um, when you when the sugar digests, it ends up being like a tsunami in your bloodstream. Right. It hits your bloodstream real fast. Of course. So all of a sudden, your body has to compensate for that in the insulin pancreas pancreas producing insulin and it gets overworked so that's the big thing if you have just one or if you have a moderate amount it is no problem because the fiber is there it it intervenes immediately to slow down the digestion yep it's a buffer so Mm -hmm. there's that to consider yeah um i it's funny because i i'm working with someone who's a diabetic right now and we're structuring how um like we've removed sugars completely. Sugars are gone. And I'm, I'm looking at what type of carbohydrates. And I, when I look at carbohydrates, I look at um, uh, gross carb and net carb, how much fiber is sitting in whatever they're eating. It's very interesting because fruits are a big discussion when it comes to diabetics yes. and what's an okay amount and what's not. And then when you're looking at glucose and fructose and mm. what you get from your fruit, Right. right, right, and that's a whole nother question in people's minds. Yes, what and about, we should talk about that. Yeah, glucose and fructose. Whoa, it's confusing. They're both sugars, aren't they? <laughs> right. <They're>, yeah. <laughs> like, what's the difference? One starts with GL, the other one starts with <laughs> FR. You know, they're both sugars. They both end in toast, so we know they're sugars. But there is a difference because there's only one organ in your body that metabolizes fructose, and that is the liver. And so any, any fructose that you're taking in, or if you're taking in a moderate amount of fructose, I should say, with whole foods like fruit or anything with, that's a whole food that has that fruit sugar in it, your body's going to metabolize that differently than if it was added fructose. Right. So added fructose is, comes under the category of added sugars. If you buy... Um, I don't know. I don't even buy processed food anymore. What, what would I buy? <laughs> no, I don't either. I, I literally cook everything. Yeah. If you buy like um, something that's got fructose added to it. Okay. Let's say ice cream. If you buy ice cream that's got sugar and fructose added to it, the because it's an added fructose and there's no fiber in ice cream, trust me, um, <laughs> <laughs> your body has to break that down differently than if you had the fructose from an apple that's got fiber and other nutrients. Right. So the body, the only organ in the body that metabolizes that fructose is the liver. Well, what happens is that the liver gets overloaded with fructose from the added sugars. It's not necessarily from the apple you ate or the orange you ate or the healthy food. It's from the added sugars that are hidden. Right. And I find that there's hidden sugar in every everything. So actually, we're going to go back a bit here because I, I think I talked about this in the last podcast. And if I didn't, we're going to talk a little bit about it here. But um, when things really changed with our food supply, and I did talk about this in the last podcast, because I do believe we are a social experiment. <laughs> mm. I think we are one playing out whether they, they thought about this or not, whether the food industry went, hey, let's see what happens or not. This is what's become. So when fats became something that was a big no-no in the late 70s, they said fats are bad. And actually that's so not true, but fats are bad. Okay. So this is what they say. 
So what do they do? They replace it with sugar because our taste buds are picking up certain things and that's what makes food taste good. Fats taste really good and so do sugars. And we really like those and we crave those. And they also feed different biome. And we, again, talked about that in the last podcast. So I'm not going to go into that. But I think it's really interesting when you look at what our food looks like today. And we're talking about processed foods and you don't eat processed foods and I don't eat processed foods or I eat them so rarely and I am a label Nazi. <laughs> I always read a label and I'm looking for, do I know what every ingredient is in this? Do I know what everyone is? Because if I don't, I, I won't buy it. I hear you totally. I think I'm in the, the label reading, you know, Nazi department or whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Everything I... I, first of all, I avoid the aisles because that's where all the Same. labeled foods are. Most of my foods don't have a label. They don't need them. Broccoli well, doesn't need a label. It's broccoli. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And how funny is that? I will go down an aisle only if I need something specific. Mm -hmm. Only if I need something specific. Yeah. But um, when we're looking at our processed anythings, you'd be surprised all of the different names there are for one ingredient. So my son... Um, we discovered he had a very serious allergy to eggs when he was nine months old. So he was anaphylactic to eggs. So they give us this list, 20 different names for eggs. Why wouldn't it just say eggs? Oh, 20 different names. How frustrating is that for the consumer? Oh, but how misleading is that yes. for the consumer? Yes. So peeps out there, you're listening to this, you got to know that sugar just doesn't always just say sugar or oh. fructose or high fructose um, syrup or um, glucose or, well, actually I wouldn't say glucose because that's not really an additive, but you don't see just these names. And that's no. the scary part of labeling. Yes. And I think when it comes to sugar, they are, I believe, that's my belief, they are consciously trying to hide the sugar. The mm -hmm. food manufacturers, they don't want you to know how much sugar you're eating because, of course, there's, there, are, there are people like us out there that are reading the labels. They don't want you to know. So they're, they're, I believe they're always coming up with new names for sugar. So I'm not so sure we can ever catch all the names for sugar. Um, my own personal view, if I'm looking at a refined product, if I can't pronounce the, the ingredient names, if I can't even read them, if I don't know what they mean. Yep that the product was back on the shelf and I back away. <laughs> Some, something we should talk about too, but not quite yet. Please remind me so that we don't, we don't lose this or forget this. But there is some serious misconceptions around organic sugar, cane sugar, um, like serious misconceptions. Because when I look at the GI, like where things hit, I am seriously flabbergasted that people think they're making good choices. And I thought I did. I thought I was too. Yes. I, I was one of these people because mm -hmm. honestly, we were lead, we were led to believe that this is this is healthy, this is clean, and I thought coconut, I thought coconut sugar was a clean sugar. Oh my God, is it ever not? <laughs> yes, the glycemic yeah. index really tells you how this is hitting your body, and then the response your your body has to have to this type of sweetener whatever it may be. So if it's sitting at 60, which is table sugar, or it could be a little bit higher, or if it's sitting at 50, it's sitting at 80, your body has to produce the insulin to manage that. It has mm -hmm. to. Absolutely. If it's sitting at five and 10 and zero, your body has to produce, produce zero. 
or or very 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 little like if it's sitting at five or ten it still has to produce a little bit but it's like nothing so really knowing where sugar sit on the glycemic index and and i'll post that either i'll post a link to it in this podcast uh notes or maybe we'll use that as our yeah we'll i'll post it i'll post a link so you guys can see that because i think it's really important to know what you're doing even when it comes to honey or maple syrup or like i look at honey and i think honey is one of those sweeteners that is natural <laughs> you know exactly where it's coming from <laughs> And it has a lot of really interesting properties based on where you're located. So local sugars, or sorry, local honeys have a lot of properties that are actually very helpful to your immune system. So I kind of have this mixed yeah, feeling. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> difficult. It is difficult. And um, I believe, I've come to believe over the years that no matter what sugar you're talking about, even mm. if it's the healthiest sugar on the planet, if you have a lot of it, it is no longer healthy. <laughs> so, mm. you know, you always, always moderation. The, the yeah. amount is a factor. Always the amount's a factor. Even if you have like uh, something that has no glycemic impact, stevia or whatever it is that you have that has zero glycemic impact, mm, still, if you have a lot of that, it's not healthy. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about some um, sugar alcohols in a little while, but one of them actually, it's kind of funny because in small doses, it's great. It has some wonderful properties in larger doses. It's so nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some like that. So yeah, it's, it's really important to, for people to know that sugar is sugar is sugar is sugar, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So we talked about the fact that fruit has a buffer. And we know that, um, yes, there's minerals and vitamins and all of your micros and macros in there are wonderful, or sorry, your, your micros in there are wonderful, micronutrients. Um, and the fiber is really important. But again, eating too much of anything can be harmful to you in ways. So um, that's the fruit part. Now, if we break that down, because I know tons of people, including myself, up until probably, now I might have a smoothie, I don't know, once a month or once every two months, maybe I might do a smoothie, but most of the time I just, I don't. Um, but I know lots of people who are like, their smoothie is their thing, right? They're, they're shake in the morning or they're whatever, and they're adding mm -hmm. all this stuff to it. And I used to be the same way. I would go out, I'm like, I'm making a good choice. I'm going to have a smoothie today um, for lunch, or, you know, it's going to have protein in it. It's going to have all these like vitamins and like fruits and vegetables. Cause I used to love the kale smoothie. I loved it. It was kale and spinach and it had pineapple and mango in there. And then a little bit of juice. And it was so delicious, like so delicious kind of miss that actually I might have one <laughs> but this would be a treat to me because it's so rare right? right so not a big deal and I certainly wouldn't go with the mondo size that I would have back then thinking I was doing myself a favor now let's talk about smoothies <laughs> well the first thing when I think smoothies and I think back to my own history of drinking smoothies the first thing is you have to know your body and know mm -hmm. what what you can handle in in your body. For me, um, there was a lot of things that I my digestive system wouldn't handle. So that was the first thing. So I think for anybody, but uh, in the general sense of smoothies, look really closely at what is in your smoothie. Like if you're buying a commercial smoothie from 
the smoothie kiosk at the mall what's in it how much right. sugars in it how much fillers like what what are you drinking what are you putting into your body that's the first thing that i think anybody should think about if you're making your own smoothie you got mega control you got you can put in anything you want and you have the opportunity to think about what your body needs what your body can use and what you want to put in that smoothie, just like your kale smoothie and whatever. So you don't, you want to make sure that you moderate the sugar. You don't want to have it a whole pineapple smoothie with half a cup of green tea in it. (laughs) Yes. So delicious. Absolutely. Those those tropical fruit smoothies. Oh oh my. Mm -hmm. Did you say mango and coconut and banana? (laughs) Yeah. Those things. Yeah. 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 Oh, but you know what? They're going to spike your blood sugar. Oh my God. I think I would die now. Instant. Yeah. It's just, they're just, you're going to, if you don't feel it right away, if you have those consistently day in, day out, you're not going to feel too good after a while because those things are really going to mess with your insulin very badly. So you want to really consider, first of all, how often are you having a smoothie? Like you said, your smoothie would be like a once in a while treat. Well, okay, great. That's super. So you know, once in a while, why not? You have whatever it is you want with right. moderate sugars and things. But if you have it every day, I think you really do need to be really cognizant of what's in it. Exactly what's in it. Do I have I think, protein? Do I have fiber? Do I have do I know? have fiber? I think this is the biggest misconception too. So if I blend up a smoothie, okay, so I have a Vitamix here. It's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. If I have a smoothie and I'm throwing in all this stuff, it's got fiber in it, right? Right. But that fiber isn't quite the same as me eating it. <laughs> right. Because mm, my body has to break it down when I'm chewing. And there's a process that is now taken away with the smoothie. <laughs> it's already broke down for me. So a lot of that fiber um, has changed dynamic. Right. I mean, there's bulk there. There's bulk there to it, but it's not mm-hmm. quite the same. And when not you're getting, yeah, when you're getting juices, like I used to juice carrots because they're freaking delicious, but they're super high in sugar. Um, and actually, this was a very interesting conversation with someone yesterday again about it, talking about diabetes. And we're looking at carrots, and I say I love these, but really high in sugar. These are a, you know maybe once a week kind of thing. And they were like, really? Oh my god, I had no idea. I'm like, how do you not know that they taste really sweet and yummy? <laughs> but they're delicious. Um, but again, you're, you're changing the dynamic of the fiber structure. Yes. What would be a good way to add fiber in unless we just literally added some sort of fiber, like, I don't know, inulin. Well, inulin's a common fiber that's added to processed foods, but, um, I don't know, whatever. Well, yeah, perhaps not something that would end up to be thick once it's ground, right? Mm-hmm. And nuts are good too because you're getting fats and protein yes. out of your nuts. Yeah, and because nuts are one of the few things that actually have fiber and um, protein. They, so they are both a carbohydrate and a protein. There's not and very many foods. Yeah, it's not your very full many foods. Macro. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And there's not that many foods that are all three of those things. They're either a protein with some fat, like beef or whatever, chicken, whatever have you, or they are a carbohydrate. 
Right. You know, they're, they're not usually the combination. So um, nuts, when you grind them up, they do end up quite thick. So I don't know, smoothies, there's, um, I don't know, it's a very mixed bag of things. I wouldn't. I would not suggest smoothies every day for sure, or even I'm, a few times a week. Yeah. So yeah. my thoughts on this, I'm I'm looking at this not only from the sugar component, from insulin response, but I'm yes. looking at it from the microbiome response. So what we feed our biome dictates, like the fibers in our our fruits and vegetables will dictate which microbiome is strongest. So which strain of bacteria dominates? And when you're having high sugar anythings, you're feeding very specific strains with those sugars. And those sugars over time grow your, that, these strains that are really not beneficial in the body for mm. you. And they end up doing a lot of damage. Mm. And we don't want that. And our, right. So I talked about the microbiome in the last in the last podcast, and I was basically saying that you know we're this happy little party, we're having a house party, and everybody's all happy and getting along and just having a good time. And then you got your grumpy guy in the background, and you know he's one of those strains that we want to keep one or two. You know we want to keep that strain um, minimal in the colony. Right. So one right. guy, two guys in the corner, it's okay. But if there's 15 and 20 of those guys, now they're stirring up a lot of problems and they're trying to fight with everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're, mm -hmm. and then the good guys are leaving. And now we have all these guys causing problems. And that literally is what's happening with the bacteria in your gut. So our foods really dictate which strains, which happy people or unhappy are sitting in your gut. And it's so important to make sure that we have the ones that really keep us healthy and give us long, healthy lives with little to no complication. And I'm not kidding. This is preventative. The more research I read, which I'm in heavy right now, um, because of the health protocol that I've set up, the more it, like, it is mind boggling, mind boggling what each strain does. Oh, I'm and, sure it is. I haven't investigated that whole thing, but oh, yeah. It's yeah. the holy grail. Like I have read up a lot on this and I knew a lot of this, but then I, the, some of the stuff I'm reading right now, I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. And I knew serotonin is created in the gut. Mm -hmm. um, yes. But your other neurotransmitters that affect mood are also dictated by the gut. So GABA is a big one that is, has everything to do with anxiety and everything to do with managing stress and bringing down brain frequencies and, and craziness in the brain. And that is absolutely one strain of bacteria that we have one like yeah. all you gotta do is feed yeah. it and then you're happy yeah. you're you know you're dealing with stress and you're managing the outside environment in a way that actually is okay instead of being like oh my god i can't take this because it's not being produced scary right yeah it is it is the the uh, amazing biotechnological machines we live in they're just astounding i mean there's no no there's no human could have done this right i mean it's just so complex and so amazing it, it i is. love it's that we are astounding. symbiotic hosts <laughs> and up until recently i was like where's where's symbiotic hosts our bacteria is our second brain i don't think so <laughs> i'm starting to think that this is the brain and this just facilitates it just like it's constantly 
being signaled from the, the gut biome what to produce and what to do. And then the brain does it or the gut is doing it all independently mm-hmm. of the brain, like completely separate. That is so like that piece of knowledge is so freeing if you actually know what to do and run with it. You know yes. what I mean? It's well, the thing is that nobody knows what to do <laughs> with it. Seriously, mm-hmm. it is that complex. It is and it's like, not. This is what I'm finding. Well, I mean, it is, and I'm happy to wade through the information because honestly, I love it. <laughs> okay, so back to sugar. Because <laughs> <laughs> sugar feeds this. So yes, yes. we really want to talk about sugar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we know getting our, our fruits and vegetables, and there's sugar in vegetables too, and that's, like I said, carrots contain a lot of sugar. Yes, but did you, I'm sure you know that there's, there's the glycemic index yep. and then there's glycemic load, okay, right? Okay, let's talk you've, about that. Yeah, have, you've heard of both, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So glycemic index is the, uh, the scale that was originally uh, made by Dr., I think his name is David Jensen. Okay. And he's a, was a, he's a Canadian. Right. Yeah, and that tells you, basically how fast your blood sugar is going to spike or how fast that sugar is going to cause an insulin response. Right. Right. And that takes into, that does not take into consideration both the quantity and the quality of the carbohydrate. It's just one of those things. But the glycemic load takes into consideration both the quantity and the quality. So the glycemic load is different. Glycemic load uh, goes from the the low is zero to ten, medium is eleven to twenty. Or, yeah, eleven to twenty. Over twenty is high glycemic load. So that takes in, into consideration the what's in the carbohydrate to slow down the digestion of the sugar. Right. When they're talking about glycemic index, they're only talking about the sugar. Right. Not not what's in it to slow it down. Right. So there is a difference. Now, carrots, that was one of the big things that, that was an example when I was learning this concept about glycemic index and glycemic load. Carrots were thought to be very high glycemically, but when you looked at the actual glycemic load and you actually looked at the uh, quality and the quantity together, they actually are quite low on the glycemic load scale, not okay. high. What about beets? Because beets also can be um, refined into sugar. And it is. Beet sugar is actually Mm. used in a lot of processed foods. Yeah. And when you take out all those nutrients, like even the color, the phytonutrients Mm. and everything else, even the color of beets, that's an antioxidant. That's a phytonutrient. Yeah. So when you take out all of that, you've got nothing but sugar left. You know what's interesting about beets too? As a vegetable, it's actually an anti-inflammatory vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good for your system. So it's, I'm thinking, and because it's quite fibrous, it's very dense. Um, it's got to be, it's got to be pretty low in the load. I like think so. Load. I don't know. I'd have to look at that one. And I love beets. They're delicious. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Roast them with a little bit of olive oil and salt and pepper and they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. So yeah, and that's that's also a confusion in the in the media or in the information freeway that's out there about the glycemic concept. People don't realize that there's glycemic load and glycemic index. So I, 
And obviously very important when it comes to food in its full whole source Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not so much when it comes to sugar as sugar. Yes. Because sugar is just straight up. Yeah. And it's fast. Yes. It's it's fast. It's kind of funny because like, I don't know if people really know so much that, yeah, fruits obviously have lots of sugars and stuff and that makes them carb, their carbs, but so are vegetables, they're natural carbs. And when uh, I went keto, um, for me, that's part of my count is I'm like, okay, so I'm having broccoli. That's pretty low carb count, but I've got maybe some beets mixed in with that. So that's kind of a higher carb count. And yes, there's definitely the fiber content and stuff like that, that I'm I'm looking at. I'm always looking at net, Um, but they're they're part of your carbs. And then when you're looking at carbs from a traditional sense, more of what we think when we think carbs, you're thinking of fast and slow carbs, right? Like um, rices or pastas or bread compared to brown rices or like wild rices, or um, I'm trying to think like, I guess, whole grain stuff. Um, Because those are there's definitely more buffering with the fiber, which again, slows down the process. So the load would be completely different. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And um, also, you know, the marketing that's out there, people, people are confused by all of it. And a lot of Of people do, do know that, you know, sugar is not good for me, but they, they don't know how to get out of it because it's around us 24 seven. Yeah, we're oh marketed my. to twenty four seven. It's billboards. It's it's magazine ads. It's paper. It's it's everything. You know, it's it's when we go to the grocery store. It's in front of our face twenty four seven. So how do you actually get out of eating so much sugar, even though you want to, even though you're trying to? You know, like there's so many people I think that are trying well, to. It's interesting that you say that because, again, part of this is your biome. So your biome dictates what you want to eat. It's telling you all the time, feed me. So if you have a good one, let me rephrase that. If your colony is nice and healthy, it will crave healthy foods. If it's not so healthy and the, and the guys in the corner have become really big and there's lots of those guys, they're going to tell you to eat the crappy shit all the time. And then you're fighting that. Right, right. That's really, right. that's really hard in yeah. your headspace. It is. And that's not even you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, d- I remember what the other thing was, taste buds. Mm. Taste buds. Oh, that's a really tough one because, of course, what, the, what all these refined foods have done, even if we know that these refined foods are not what we should eat and we do our best not to eat them, when we do eat them, there are things in there that are addictive to us. They Absolutely. Are, they are they are put in there. It's no mistake. It's by design. These big food <laughs> companies have whole departments of people who do nothing but figure out what's going to addict us to their food, right? Well, what what taste like that's the whole concept around yeah. fat and sugar, right? Those yeah. hit our taste buds and we love them. They taste yeah. delicious. It's, it's the holy grail. It's the fat, the salt, and the sugar together. Oh my that's god. That's the holy grail of refined foods. It is. And and so our taste buds, not only our brain is hooked to that because of the, mm-hmm. the uh, reward response. Oh, this tasted so good. I feel so good. I want more. I, I want to feel, feel so I feel good. good. I want more. I want to feel better. You know, so funny that you say that though. So there's the taste response. I feel so good. It has nothing to do with you feel good. It means you just tasted something that you liked. But how funny is that, that that is a true response. 
I feel well, so well, good. So let's do this again. <laughs> well, it, it actually is scientific. I just did a, a series of podcasts with um, a, a gal named Wendy Padab and she, she's a stress management coach too. And she talked her and I talked about the science of, of sugar mm -hmm. and how it affects the brain and stress mm -hmm. and the science it's actually, it, it actually is connected. You, you taste something, it tastes good. It, it lights up this response center in your brain. Yep. It literally gets up to your brain and there's something goes ping in your brain. Like, oh, that's nice. That's like a reward system. I want that again. So it's not just your taste buds, although your taste buds are pretty strong too. What the, what the food manufacturing has done is they've made the, the sweet foods super sweet. So you become, I, you, I, everybody else becomes mm -hmm. really addicted to that very high sweetness, that really, really high level of sweetness. So when, when we start to taste broccoli, which does have some sugar in it, you know, we, we taste broccoli or beets or carrots. We think, well, that's not sweet. That's sour. Or, you know, like that, we just don't taste it because our taste buds are so attuned to that super sweet that we just miss what's actually normal sweet. Yeah, we've created that watermark, yep. right? We've created that new level and it's, it's same thing with dopamine, same thing with so many different responses in the body. You create that new level and then that is your norm and that may not be anybody else's norm, but it's your norm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because when I cut sugars out, I like, oh my God. So I used to love like vanilla lattes at Starbucks or the pumpkin spice latte or whatever. I used to love those things. And then I went half sweet and then I went down to one pump and then I was like, oh my God, this is so sweet. Even with one pump, I can't have this. Yes. And I'm you like, know, that's the good thing you mentioned. You mentioned that and that's excellent. Thank you for mentioning that. The very, very wonderful thing about your taste buds and your brain, the receptors mm -hmm. in your brain, they can be retrained. So oh, yes, they can and reset and reset. So yes. when you stop, when I stopped, I, I remember when I stopped having all that sugar and uh, refined foods that ended up being like sugar in my system. Mm -hmm. When I stopped all of that, I actually went, whoa, broccoli is sweet. Holy smokes, carrots. Wow, taste that. Whoa, I never tasted that before. And it's because my taste buds went back to the default mode. They, they reset themselves. I had yep. stopped sugar for, it doesn't even take that long. It, it, it only takes a week or two, maybe yep. for some people, maybe even less. For me, it, I think yep. it took about three weeks, but for me, that's not very long. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, after that, your taste buds will reset themselves to their default mode, which is what you're supposed to be at, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a good thing. The body will adjust. You just have to give it the right tools, the right, the right things, and your body will do what it needs to do to heal things. So when you quit having sugar, what was your method? Because I know for me, I love chocolate. And I, I swear to God, when I went keto, I was like, I don't care. I will still eat chocolate. And I did. And it's interesting because I used to eat it every day and now it's like slow down. I eat it whenever I eat it. Um, but that was one thing that stayed in my diet. I was like, I'm not giving up sugar. I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm not giving up chocolate, but I always liked dark chocolate. I was never a big fan of milk chocolate. I enjoy it once in a while, but it's, it's too sweet. <laughs> and I found like for me, there were certain things and tricks that I did that helped me kick sugar. And it's, because in the beginning, again, you're, you're working with 
a biome that's telling you eat this. You're working with your brain that says, I need this because it's like the dopamine hit. I need this. I need this. I need this. I can't live without this. Yes. I'm not okay. I'm stressed out. I'm going crazy. Give me some sugar. I'm getting headaches because some people, when they clean up their sugar habit, because it is, it's truly a habit. But when they clean up their sugar habit, get the worst headaches. Like they have a crazy physical response to cleaning up the sugar or taking the sugar out of their diet. Yeah. It's like a withdrawal for some totally is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I gave up sugar, um, I didn't really have a choice because I was quite sick. The doctor didn't think I was sick, but I was, um, I had inflammation throughout my system. They couldn't Mm. find anything else wrong with me. They didn't go so far as to do the pre-diabetes testing because she found this first. She found systemic inflammation. And when I said to her, where's the inflammation? She said, everywhere. Everywhere. So what do you mean everywhere? She said, well, it's all through your body. And Mm. I'm like, how'd I get it? She says, I have no idea. Well, I almost fell off my chair. Like, what do we do about it? I don't know. How can we find out? And it's like, there, there was no way to find out because it would have been too expensive to do all the testing to figure out where it came from to fix it, right? Oh, but they don't have answers to that. This is the fascinating no, part. You're don't. so right. You go in and this is why I'm dealing with someone with an autoimmune and he's got diabetes, okay? I, like he's double, double hit mm. and it's inflammation. Um, but inflammatory response in the body is caused by your diet, Yes, totally. It's caused by your diet. Like there As is... I found. <laughs> yeah. The doctor had no idea. Seriously, she did not know at all. And so basically I was, I was released from the medical system because they had uncommon. no answers. No, it's not uncommon for sure. But I, I totally fell through the cracks. So I had to do something to help myself. And I had no idea what to do, of course, because I thought I was eating healthy. You know, what's <laughs> not <I>? healthy about <laughs> a whole plate of pasta, right? Oh, forget about that. I thought I was eating healthy because I'm like, I eat a lot of vegetables. I eat fruit. You know, I, I choose. I don't eat a ton of pasta. I thought I was eating clean until I changed my diet. And then I was like, whoa, I am not eating clean. I totally mm-hmm. thought I was, but I was not. Mm-hmm. Well, I would never go so far as to say I thought I was eating clean. I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I only thought I was eating healthy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me, like what I really had to do, and I happened upon a, a coaching program that that's why I'm a health coach because yeah. through synchronicity, I happened to be pulled into a coaching program that was three months long. I had no other choices. So I went and I took my husband with me and uh, yeah, we, we managed to get through the three months and we were so much healthier at the end of three months. I couldn't believe it. And uh, my systemic inflammation, it was gone because I went back to the doctor and said, okay, same blood test, test. please. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And she did them and gone. And so I really had no choice. It was like, it was a program where you had to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm either going to stick with the junk food side, the, the stuff that's not healthy, even though you yep. think it's healthy, or I'm going to step over the line and I'm going to say goodbye to all that other stuff. And I stepped over the line and said, catch you later, junk food. Okay. So for you, what was like, I know for me, for me, I went, I can't unknow this. So as soon as I started learning about inflammation in the body, like um, chronic inflammation, all, oh my God, the um, plethora of different illnesses that come from inflammation in the body, that sugar creates inflammation in the body. And then what that means for your response system. 
And once I learned about all this and I learned about sugar and I went, oh my God, I can't unknow this. And if I don't make changes, because I know making changes sometimes are not so easy, right? We like what we like. We're fighting against our brain and our guts telling us we want to eat this. But I knew if I didn't make a change, I was literally setting myself up for 30 years down the road, all these possibilities, because I just, I'm keeping the door wide open to possibilities that I don't want for health issues and big ones. When you look Mm -hmm. at the statistics for diabetes, when you look at the statistics for Alzheimer's or dementia, when you look at the statistics for all of these inflammatory and autoimmunes are insane, insane. And doctors don't know what to do with them because it's the body attacking itself and they can't determine why the body is doing this. But guess what? We can prevent these things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you make the change? Because for me, that honestly, I I have had a father-in-law who um, is diabetic and has had some very interesting um, experiences because he's further along in his diabetes. And then also I was in the midst of training for a certification at the time when I was in finance and that one, they brought in someone who talked about Alzheimer's and honestly, I started crying in class. Like I was like, this is so horrible. What a horrible, horrible illness. I don't want that. Yeah. And I certainly don't oh. want to give that to anybody that I know. For sure. You know? For sure. Well, what, what it was for me, I didn't even have really, I didn't have any kind of thinking ahead. I, I had to be focused on the here and now because I was, uh, how old was I? I think I was 54, mm-hmm. 53. I felt like I was 83. I'm serious. Uh, I was like, I was just down and out. I would, I would sleep all night. I would get up and have breakfast. I'd be so tired. I'd go back to bed. Did you have a lot of joint pains and problems oh, like that yes. too? Yep. Oh inflammation, oh, right? Oh yes. And I had no idea it was inflammation. So, I mean, the whole day was like that. I get up, I'd have a little something for lunch and I'd, Oh, I'm so tired. I go back to bed, you know? So I was sleeping a lot. I had zero energy and I could not, I was 54 and it was like, how am I ever going to live the rest of my life? <laughs> I still got a Seriously. long way to go. <laughs> you know, like I thought I had a long way to go, but boy, the way it was looking didn't, didn't sound, didn't seem so good. So when I, when this health coaching program came along, that was my only choice. Like that was the only option I had. I said to the universe, okay, if you want something done about this, like if if I'm going to actually live, I need something, I need some help here. And that was the only thing that came up for me. It didn't even make sense to me, but I went anyway, because that's all I had. And well, uh, you had other choices, but you made a really great choice. Mm. And we always have choices that present for us. Sometimes we just don't want to take them. Truth. Yeah, a lot of people, they don't see that they're... But, but I'm sort of like, a, I guess a lot of situations in my life, my, my history, I've been like, okay, I don't like what's going on here. I don't like what's going on there. I have no choice but to do this. <laughs> you know, like, I love there's that been you a think lot of situations no that come up for me. <laughs> yeah, I have felt so many times in my life, okay, this is the only option I have. I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh, I but those I'm are options, there. the ones you don't like. They're yeah, still I guess I never considered them <laughs> options. Never. I couldn't <laughs> because it was mindset. like, oh, I couldn't because one was, it was like a rock and a hard place. And I'm like, nope, not going there. Nope, not going there. So I had to, I had to find just one other option. I had to only be one other option I could take. 
Yeah. So I did. So that's, and, and I actually didn't, I was totally amazed when I looked back after three months, I went, whoa, what just right? happened here? And, and then that's when I started to say, holy, you know what, this could, you know, I can't be the only person in the world with this problem. No. So I, I must be able to help other people for heaven's sakes. And so that's what got me into health coaching. So let me ask you, um, you made this change and I know this is one of the responses that the body has, but some people don't. So what happens when you drop sugar? What happens to your body? Oh, your body goes crazy. <laughs> At first. Only yeah, it does. because you're literally detoxing. Yes, you're detoxing for mm -hmm. sure. And you just, you got to somehow you got to muster up whatever strength you got to weather the storm. It's like grabbing onto the only secure thing you've got and letting the storm pass, you know, like that's kind of what it's like. And the body will detox. The body has to get rid of the junk that's collected. In my case, it was junk that had been collecting for 50 years. Like, so Your body had cleared some of that. <laughs> well, some of it, but you, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just a little bit of junk. It had to get rid of it. Yeah. It was quite a bit. And the body is very, very efficient so it really yes, it is you know it took actually the whole entire process for me to get rid of the joint pain and and all the other things it took almost a year but within three months i was feeling like 85 90 percent better and let me ask Seriously. you how was your weight <laughs> um i dropped some weight but I have found since then that there's so many factors involved with weight mm. weight is emotional it's it's oh my god is it ever yeah, there's a lot yep. of things involved with weight. It's I thought at the time that it was just revolving around this insulin sugar process, right? And for some people it would, it would be. But for other people like me, there's a lot of emotional stuff goes on. I'm an emotional person. And so there's a lot of things happen and yeah, your weight goes up and down and all around. And it's, it's not just, weight is not a simple issue. No, I truly believe that weight all starts in the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny, I was, I was listening to this sleep expert and he was talking about sleep and we know that sleep does affect your weight. Also, if you're, if you're in chronic um, deprivation of sleep, you will experience issues with um, fluctuation in weight because your body is trying to manage a whole bunch of things when it's not functioning properly. Um, but the interesting thing that he brought up in this totally off topic, um, but the interesting thing he brought up was talking about the circadian rhythm we each have and how some people don't like, first of all, eight hours is not the accurate. Like when you look at sleep research, we, we have five 90, 90 minute sleep cycles, which is seven and a half hours, mm -hmm. not eight. Mm -hmm. So right there, he's like, the math doesn't work. <laughs> and then he was saying like your um, circadian rhythm will actually dictate how much you sleep. So for some people, it might be eight hours. For some people, it might be a little bit more. For some people, it might be a little bit less. Like I am a six-hour sleeper and I am absolutely maximum, like um, optimum functioning with that sleep. If I sleep for seven hours, I'm starting to get really messed up. If I sleep for eight, I'm a disaster. I, I'm tired all day long. Weird, right? Yeah, but, it's interesting. But all these things can affect your weight too. Right. And there is this misconception. So back on track, um, there's mi this misconception. A lot of people think, well, your brain needs sugar. Your brain needs sugar to be able to survive. 
It does and it doesn't. It does and it doesn't. It needs fats too. And this is yes. super important. Yeah. But you see what, what people, and, and this is an interesting thing I've been looking at too, and I've done a podcast or two on this as well, um, is that the, the brain the brain uses a high percentage of your body's energy. Yep. And the body's energy source is glucose. Okay, so you're taking in, we take in food, it turns to glucose in our system, and it is, is stored, used or stored as glucose, and the body accesses it as it's needed. Well, it, it, first of all, it has to be from a healthy source, and that's, that's the thing. Otherwise, it, it goes the wrong way once it gets into our system. But the brain actually uses about... I think it's 90%. It's a high percentage anyway. I have to go back to my podcast because it was a while ago. But um, it, it's, it uses a very high percentage of that energy, that glucose for our brain functioning. I know that if I'm, um, you know, if I haven't had enough sleep or if I haven't had enough food or if I'm really, if I'm having a, a day where I'm totally, totally off, my mm -hmm. brain is just not working the same way. Oh, so true. Yeah. So true. And it, it has to do with the actual body's energy and the brain draws energy, the, the neurons. It has to do with the transmitters and mm -hmm. all that firing of transmitters that's going on continuously in your brain takes energy. So the, the brain needs sugar, but it's not, it's not cane sugar. <laughs> well, and the it's, brain needs an energy source. So ketones also work as an excellent energy source. Um, inside the brain. And it, it's funny because it's a misconception. It has a lot to do with the mitochondria that we have in our systems and what mm -hmm. it's producing. Our mitochondria are our energy sources, our energy centers. They're creating the energy. Um, and they, they produce either glucose. <laughs> yes. Or, the body does produce glucose. Yes. Or ketones. It, it just, it's depending on what energy source you are taking in. So what mm -hmm. food you're eating and then how that mitochondria is breaking that down. So for, for people who go keto and you become fat adapt, not, in, not just in ketosis, but fat adapt, what that means is now your mitochondria have changed and actually use ketones or produce, sorry, use fats to create ketones, which now are the energy source. They've, they've mm -hmm. actually altered. You now have a different type of mitochondria working with you for energy. Hmm. Yes, very interesting. Hmm. But just it is just, interesting. Just so fascinating how the body can adapt to almost anything. Yes, we, we have amazing amazing bodies. Yes. And and yeah, I'm always amazed by these biotechnical machines we live in. Like we we literally live in a biotechnical machine. Yes. And most of us and until I had this health crisis myself when I was 54, I had no appreciation of it. <laughs> like absolutely none. I just, it was all taken for granted. You get up every morning, everything works good. Every, you do whatever you need to do. You go to bed at night and same thing next day, right? Everything just mm. works, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's funny. More than that. <laughs> it's a bit more than that. And it's funny because we do, we take a lot of it for granted. And oh my God, I think back to some of the things I did in my twenties were really smart. And some of the things I did in my twenties were really not mm. right. And you don't really have the same appreciation for your body in your 20s, typically, as you will later on in life. And you're like, man, I'm really glad I ate healthy. Or, oh, I really probably shouldn't have done, 
you know, drank myself silly or whatever you did in your twenties. Cause mm-hmm. it's learning, it's learning you. Um, but the way our bodies end up moving forward often is slow incremental movements. So when you said, you know, you discovered that you had this inflammatory thing going on and you didn't, you didn't know this is over a long period of time of eating certain ways, fueling our bodies. If we stick salt mm-hmm. in our gas tanks, their gas, like our car is going to break down. Right. 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 If we, or, or sugar in our gas tank, right. it's going to break down. So Guaranteed. It's, it's the same thing. But if I use just a small amount, a small amount, a small amount over a long period of time, it will break down. Yes. And it's the same yeah. thing with us. So if we, if we are very unaware of what we're doing with our diets over a long period of time, and again, in your twenties, you don't even think like this. You're like, oh, frick, I'm invincible. Who cares? Like I got, <laughs> yes. you know, I got a whole lifetime ahead of me. Woo! Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then, and then you, you know, you get into your forties and then you get into your fifties and then it's a whole different ball game. Cause you're like, whoa, this body hurts. I don't like the way this feels. This yeah. is shitty. This yeah. is shitty. And you don't even realize it just snuck up on you, but it hasn't really snuck it up. Hasn't. It's been, it just... it's been building. Yeah. And what happens is we have, our bodies are so amazing at adjusting and our minds are amazing at adjusting with them too. Yes. So we have a normal. And if we get up one morning and we have some pains and aches and whatever, and it's not too serious, we go, oh, oh, well, I can handle that. That's fine. So yeah. your normal was up here and now it's down here. So next day or next week, something else happens and your yeah. normal changes down here and down here. You know, so pretty soon your normal has gone from way up here to way down here. Yeah. So you didn't even, you weren't really even conscious of it. It happened slowly, but you've accepted the new low normal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like in my case, the new norm, new low normal got to be so bad. It couldn't hardly even get out of bed. That's yeah. when we pay attention. And right? it's funny. It takes massive pain for us to pay attention. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was saying before I went keto, I experienced some crazy stuff but I was carrying a lot of extra weight that I didn't even realize I was carrying. I seemed to, I, I carried extra weight well, but not really. Cause I had an extra 25 pounds that I don't have now and nor do I ever want them back. So I didn't lose it. I said goodbye to it, slid off and it's never coming back. But that weight, the way I was eating, I used to get headaches all the time. And sugar creates headaches too, but inflammation creates headaches in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, in the worst way. So I, I used to have problems with one of my hips um, and it was all the time. And then headaches, headaches all the time to the point where I literally was taking Advil, which is really hard on the liver, by the way, for yes. prolonged use. Oh, Any yeah. of these medications are hard on your liver because it has to go through there. Um, but I was taking them every day, every day. So my norm was not so good. And then when I made the change, and I hadn't even made the connection. I had not even made the connection. And I have a lot of knowledge. I should have made that connection, but I didn't. And man, oh man, months, like a few months later, once I changed diet, I'm not kidding. Like besides the fact that, yeah, weight just fell off and there was a lot of changes that way and energy levels changed drastically like going from i don't feel like doing this to i just got to move this body i got so much energy i'm no i don't know what i'm gonna do wow. with this <laughs> yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do with this i have to go move it um but the headache's completely gone 
completely gone. So now I might get a headache. Um, I don't know. One, I don't even remember last time I had a headache or I took an Advil for a headache. And the interesting thing is you would know this. We live in Calgary and we live like right at the base of the mountains, basically. And mm-hmm. the weather shifts here are crazy oh, and the just, barometric yeah. pressures that come with them. We just had one. <laughs> yes, we did. And typically I would have had like a horrible migraine from that and that would have been my norm right? Because I would have been sitting in these low-grade headaches on a regular basis, and then migraines just the next level up, right? And I shouldn't say that because that's not a my migraines are brutal. Like they are debilitating. Yes. But I would have had that. I would have absolutely been experiencing that like two days ago and or yeah. a day ago when we had, like we had a 25 degree temperature swing in less than 24 hours. Oh, a 25 degree temperature, well, 20 degrees. My husband and I live in Strathmore. So we left Strathmore about noon on Sunday. Yep. We got to Calgary 40 minutes later. It had changed 20 degrees Celsius. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. It, minus it 20 crazy. to zero. Yep. <sighs> it was crazy. It was like, and we saw the Chinook Arch and David yep. says to me, oh, that looks like it might be a, a Chinook arch coming in. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. So by the time we got to Calgary, yeah, it was zero degrees. Chinook arch, all right. <laughs> and this is an interesting thing when it comes to like when we're looking at diet, when you're looking at sugar, when you're looking at inflammation um, and the things that it creates in your body. And when you remove it, I'm telling you, like I lived those headaches all the time. And I know lots of people that suffer from headaches on a regular basis. And seriously, it was a godsend. Yes. It was a godsend. Yes. Being able to kind of take that, like, and not even realizing that I'd given up that part of my life, not thinking that this was a big deal Mm -hmm. and being able to take that back. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. And you know, there's another thing that's affected by sugar and, and refined foods and it's allergies. Oh my God, because yeah, allergies because, are inflammatory response, yeah. by the way. And, and you see, we're not taught that. I had, um, I had asthma as an aller- allergic reaction to horses, hay, dust, all sorts of things, mostly animals. And- asthma is also inflammatory, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. You look at inflammatory diseases and, and inflammatory illnesses. Holy, holy cow, there are yeah. so many. Yes it's it's totally crazy and and what happened was over the years i had to i couldn't even clean my own house because of the dust i just couldn't even get through it it was that bad i would i would have asthma before it was done and uh we have i haven't had any pets ever since i was a child because Mm. of the asthma and so when i changed when i had this health crisis when i was 54 and i did this drastic step over the line and change my diet totally Yeah, the the asthma disappeared. Amazing, seriously, right? Seriously, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and and I tell people this, and they seriously, they don't believe me because, of course, a lot of people don't know I had asthma to begin with because it was an allergic reaction. Right. But it was, it's gone, and you know, the only downside is I have to clean my own house now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Darn. Oh. <laughs> but you know oh, what? Funny. I will take that. I'll take that any day over what I had to go through with asthma. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awful. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like I just, I think about inflammatory response in general. And then as that progresses, so people with Crohn's disease, MS, 
you would not think that MS is one, but it is. And same thing with arthritis and same thing with fibromyalgia and all these diseases that are showing up. And we assume, and this was a big one for me. We assume that as we get older, this is just normal. Yes. Older. Yes. It's not. It's how we're feeding ourselves. Exactly. And I hate it when people say, oh, you're getting old. It's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) You know, like, I know that I cannot stop the calendar or the clock, right? I know that. But I I know that I can change what I'm doing in relation to the clock, right? So your biological age and your chronological age are quite different. Yes. And the energy levels you have have everything to do with that. There's so much to understand about the power we have to really create such an amazing environment inside our bodies, outside our bodies, and in our lives. We have a lot more control than we ever, ever were taught. Absolutely. I believe that. Yeah, I do. Telomeres. That's what they're called. Telomeres. Telomeres. Yeah, that's right. Telomeres. <laughs> yes. They're the, little, they're the little things on the end of the mitochondria. On the end of the mitochondria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. Inflama- inflammatory issues also um, destroy your mitochondria. So we wonder why we feel so shitty. We wonder why we're tired all the time. We wonder why we have chronic lethargia. You know, this is why, because you've had damage over prolonged periods of time with inflammation, which are, are damaging your, your um, energy cells, your mitochondria. Yes. Like yeah. those are your powerhouses. Yeah. You want those functioning, not only functioning well, but creating new ones. Yes. You know, you want lots yeah. of them. Yeah. And you know, there's another aspect to this that, that people don't think about too, which I think is very, very important. It's called bio-individuality. Mm-hmm. So what is inflammatory for me right. may not be as inflammatory for someone else. Yes. Right. So it makes a difference. You know what, um, like for instance, one thing I'm affected more by is corn. Right. But and it's so, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, besides sugar, yeah. Corn and uh, some of the things that are considered by some people to be healthy, right? They, they're really not strong foods for me. What I know would, that what would be considered healthy. Inter- yeah, the, <laughs> they'll interfere with my body. But, you know, like some, some people don't realize, you know, oh, you know, I've taken out the sugar. That's all I need to do. Well, maybe, maybe not. Right. You know, it depends on your body. And paying attention to your body is really, really important. It is so important. I was fortunate enough to do that really from a very young age. I just always paid attention to my body. I've always been sensitive to my body, probably because I was a, like I was a gymnast when I was a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, I just always paid attention to what was happening here. And then into my like late teens, early twenties, I really got into nutrition and I worked out like a crazy person in the gym. And um, so I got to know my body even better. Hard to believe that I ignored it for like 15 years. <laughs> what makes us think? <laughs> oh, right. I wasn't thinking. Right. <laughs> we go through stages. Right. We totally do. We totally we do. do. Yes, we do. Yeah. It's like everything's going good. I don't have to pay attention to this. It's good. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we, I do want to talk about a little bit about um, sugar replacements. So, oh, yes, because it, I think this is really key to when you're kicking the habit 
And this was a big deal for me. And even with clients, when I'm working with the microbiome and I'm working with um, building out a keto plan for them, um, depends on the client, but really I want to do everything I can to support the gut biome in the healthiest way. So it may be ketosis, it may not, but usually I drop carbs to some extent because we tend to take in a lot more than we really actually recognize. And tracking your food is a great way to see what your levels of macros are. But um, when I'm building this out, and when I first started, um, I, I cut sugars out completely, and then I replaced them with some alternatives. So because honestly, I like my sweets, I like dessert. And okay, so horrible admitting, oh, such a horrible thing to admit right now. But right before I changed diet, I swear to God, I think I had dessert like every day. <laughs> well, oh my God, that's, that's actually a lot of people consider that normal. Well, seriously, and I and I wouldn't I'm not even including the dessert coffees I was drinking or whatever <laughs> else, right? Because those are desserts too. If you're taking in five pumps is a massive amount of sugar in your coffee. Yes. So I wasn't considering those. I'm just talking dessert. So mm. um, then I learned about alternatives and I learned about sugar alcohols and stevia. And stevia is interesting. Stevia has a very interesting, unique characteristics to it in it alone in comparison to any of the other sugar alternatives out there. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Super sweet on the front, yes. bitter on the back. Yeah. I don't know right? why that is exactly, but yeah. Like 400 times the sweetness of sugar is stevia. So mm -hmm. trick with stevia, and this is what I realized as I have incorporated some into my diet now, I use the drops only because I've used the powder and it's mixed with maltodextrin, which I don't want. Um, but uh, I can control it a lot more. So if you stick the right amount, you just get some sweetness. And I don't need crazy sweetness anymore. I'm not looking for that crazy high because I've reset. So I just want a little bit if I'm using it. Um, but I can control it better because if you use too much stevia, oh, it's so gross. <laughs> So yes. Gross. And most people find they don't like it because of that. It's yes. sweet on the front and really gross on the back. And you're like, oh, it's got a terrible aftertaste. That's why. Um, so it's probably because your quantity is too high. Probably. Right. And then um, have you, do you ever use yakin syrup? I have never used yakin syrup. I've I been love it. investigating it though. But uh, yakin is a, is a prebiotic, <laughs> which is interesting because it looks like a sweet potato. Basically, it's from South America. It's too looks like a sweet potato. Yep. Yeah, and it's um, it's a prebiotic, so it actually feeds the good gut bacteria. Yeah. So it's sweet, but it's healthy, that's and right. and that's something I'm going to investigate more. You know, like where we don't live anywhere near South America, nope. but I don't know. You know, if you can get it here, I don't think so. You but. can. So I buy it. Um, I buy it online because you can't find it in normal stores. It's not cheap. I will mm. say this. So I use it sparingly for specific things. If I'm making caramel, I like to use the Yakin um, because it's about, I think the cheapest I found it is about $25 a bottle. And I think it's 400 milliliters. Like it's not a lot mm. for that. And it's not sweet, sweet like Stevia. So I would not be using just a tiny little amount. I'd use a little bit more. So when I'm using it, I'm using it maybe like I made a teriyaki sauce the other night 
um, and I used that to sweeten it. So I used like probably a, I don't know, maybe a tablespoon or something like that. I'm horrible with just eyeballing things. So I think it was about a tablespoon worth. But yeah, I just used that. And it's really nice because it's in liquid form. It has almost a caramely taste and color and for sure texture, slightly different taste than caramel, but not that much. Like it's not bad. It's really quite tasty. Um, and zero glycemic load, zero glycemic yes. index. Yeah. Very, very nice from a natural source. Very mm. nice from a natural source. Um, so yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll send. Okay, so I'm going to put some details in these in these show notes about where to get some stuff because Yakin is not easy to find. And seriously, when you're paying thirty dollars for a bottle or more, yeah, you're yeah, going to use this yeah. sparingly, right? Yeah, no kidding. But you yeah. might use it in your coffee in the morning. That might be your sweetener. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it would taste good, right? Instead of yeah. using sugar. Yeah. Um, and the liquid probably still has the pre prebiotics in it. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, so those are more along the lines of something more natural. And then we look at monk fruit. Um, same sort of idea. It's clean. It's, um, it's got, just trying to think where that hits. It's super low. I think it's zero. It's, I think it is too. Yeah. I haven't used it. Although I must say, um, I've just, I've just purchased some Lacanta. Is it? Le yep. Yep. I just yeah. did today too, actually. Yeah. And old. it's, they mix their monk fruit with erythritol, erythritol <laughs> which is a sugar alcohol. But I, my understanding is, and I haven't, I've used xylitol, but I haven't used erythritol a lot. But my understanding is that erythritol, it digests differently than xylitol, maltitol, all those other sorbitols, that those other um, sugar alcohols. So um, xylitol, sorbitol, and maltitol are all sugar alcohols that digest in the in the lower gut, the digestive tract. And because they actually digest there, they can cause some issues digestively, like bloating and gas and that sort of stuff. And loose, and, and this yeah. is something you find out with xylitol. It's great for your teeth uh, in small quantities, yes. like you would get in gum. But if you take too much ingesting it, um, it will absolutely loosen your bowels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and not push a good, things through. <laughs> not a great thing, right? No, <laughs> for sure. But my understanding is of erythritol, which is also a, a sugar alcohol, erythritol digests differently. It actually digests in the stomach. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't cause those same digestive issues, nope. as far as I know. So um, there is a difference between that and the other sugar alcohols. Now, the Lacanta, I think that's what they call it, that yep. I just bought, it, um, it has monk fruit with erythritol. Yep. So it's a combination. Typically, like when I find, so it, you don't often see erythritol by itself. It's usually mixed. It's usually mixed with stevia and erythritol, like the two together, erythritol right. and stevia, or monk fruit and erythritol. But both are great for baking, great for baking. Um, but their crystal forms are slightly different when it comes to melting and baking. So for some things, like if you're baking cookies or loaves or things like that, it's totally great. If you're making things like curd, which I did the other day, um, not so great. And I know better. I totally forgot. You want to use something that's more powdered because it will crystallize 
in its regular form, it will crystallize again. So uh, okay. um, depending on what you're making, it, it won't matter and it will be completely fine. And again, in cookies and stuff like that, it, it is perfect. It's great. Um, but when you're using it for things like caramel or um, like I made lemon curd or things like that, then yeah, you got to watch it. So make sure you use the right one. Right. In those right. circumstances. But yeah, erythritol is great. And again, you're not taking these things in at insane levels because you like they're great to use in the beginning when you're making a shift because it's it is hard to go from I eat I eat a you know a dessert every day to what I'm just going to stop like that's mm, <laughs> that's, that's really, really tough. tough it's brutal <laughs> it's really tough and at some point your willpower goes screw you mm-hmm. we've done this enough I just want to go eat some cake and then you binge and that's not going to help anybody in any changes and then the crazy part of binging or, or anything like that, when you're changing stuff in your diet and you go backwards, or when you're changing stuff in, in anything you do in life and you go backwards, there's this shame that goes along with it. You, you get this awesome mental play that comes with that moving backwards. And mm-hmm. it's often very defeating. And then we choose not to proceed with what was really important to begin with because we feel really bad. And then I tell myself, well, I shouldn't, I don't even know why I tried to do this. I can't do this. We tell ourselves all the things that go along with that defeat. Right. 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 So set yourself up in the best ways you can talk to a health coach, talk to a sugar coach. Yay, Kathy. Um, But set yourself up in the best ways that you can to succeed, get the support you need because there's always going to be setbacks in anything we do. Kathy, I'm positive you've experienced this. And I was just talking, literally talking to somebody about this today, about the setbacks. I have all the tools under the sun. I, I, like, I know how to get myself out of, let me rephrase that. I know how to get a client out of anything ever. <laughs> but for some reason, yes, when we're in it, oh, this is the reason. Because I'm emotionally tied to what I'm experiencing. But you're not. You're outside. So it's great. We can see clearly when we're not in it. When we're in it, it's really hard for us to see clearly. And the fascinating part of that is that when we're in the midst of our own emotional turmoil, our own upheaval, because that's really what's happening, something's being brought up to the surface for us to deal with, to clear away, to get through so that we never have to do it again. Um, What happens with that often is like we reject all the things that would help us. I know the tools. I know the tools. And I'm in like probably two months ago or whatever it was. I'm in the midst of something big that's surfacing. And I'm fighting it all the way. I'm not meditating. I meditate every day. It's like my sanity. It feels like it is me connecting with self. It is me and my truth. I, it is one of my most productive tools. And actually, it is a productivity tool. But it's, it's something that I actually, like I live by this. And can you imagine someone who lives by this and teaches this is not using the tool when in, when in the midst of their own garbage, right? It's not garbage. It's just stuff we need to clear. Right. So this is why it's so important to have that support in those moments. And I kind of kick myself for not actually having that support in those moments or turning to my support. 
so bad. <laughs> it's it is hard because we're all human. That's yes, it. we get stuck in yeah. the human. <laughs> yeah. Totally yeah. do. Yes, and I'm sure you've had clients that have called you in moments where they're just like, "Oh my god, I just want to eat that cake," or, "Oh my god, I just ate that cake," mm -hmm. or "I yeah. just ate that bag of cookies." Yeah. Right. Yeah, and not and actually, one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, and the whole tub of ice cream to boot. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and in in health coaching, I've I've also learned even for myself. When, when I get into those things and things totally go off track, which they're yep. not supposed to, but oh, they, they do. do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, okay, I have, to, I have a choice at that point to say, okay, I can let this, I can, I can crash and burn. Yep. Or I can say, all right, let me put on my scientific hat and actually explore what happened. Yep. You know, and then, and then I can say, all right, this, this is where I went off and this is the result. But the big thing is the result. What you right. want is the result, not necessarily what happened unless you're no. going to learn from it, but the result. Okay. This, this happened and this is how I felt. So then you can carry that further and say, next time, yep. next time I'm, I see this coming, I'll remember that happened and I'll right. remember this is the change I can make right now before it happens. And I think this is key. And I, like this is the very beginning of one of my courses um, and it's foundational. I, I think everyone should really truly embody this, but we have choice in every thought that's going through our mind. Always. My choices in my thought process when they go sideways. Okay. So I can go in a downward spiral, have some crazy stuff from the outside world. Cause I consider all this outside, right? Inside is what's going on inside me outside world. So I have, you know, this person is saying this, this thing is happening over here. This disaster is happening at, at work. You know, all these things are happening. Life is crashing around me. It's all this craziness. I can choose to go down that spiral and just focus only on this, or I can choose to continue to focus on the things I really want and move forward with those with those things, those beliefs, those actions, because the actions follow the beliefs, I can choose that. And that's life-changing. Yes. You don't have to stay in the spiral. So again, I just go back to the whole, you really need support because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how high up the success ladder you get. It doesn't matter the amount of knowledge you contain. We all get stuck in our own... <laughs> human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and support's important. Kathy, yeah. tell me what you've been doing lately because we talked a lot about many things today. <laughs> what have you well, been doing lately and what's going on and how can people get a hold of you and all those great juicy things? Well, what I've been doing lately is I've been refocusing my coaching into a mentorship program and I'm in that mm. process right now. So uh, difference between coaching and mentoring being coaching more like uh, a package course. You know, I'll, I'll walk you through this course. I'll yep. guide you through this course. Mentoring being, um, I will walk you through and hold your hand and guide you and, and help you to learn what worked for me and we'll figure out what you need tailor-made to you. Yep. So it's, it's more of a tailor-made process than just a coaching program. 
And so that's, mm -hmm. that's one thing I've been working on. But the other thing I'm working on, which I'm really excited about is building a sugar switch community. So <laughs> yeah, I have the sugar switch podcast. It's been going for about a year and a half now, and I'm really excited about that. It's been picking up speed and I'm happy about that. It's great. And uh, so I, I want to focus it all into a sugar switch community, sugar switch community. And we were and just talking about the support. Yes, support. Yeah, support through the, the Sugar Switch community. People can come together and, and ask questions and talk about things and get support from each other and from me and from um, other experts that will be popping in and out. You know, Brandy might pop in sometimes or who knows. I mean, we've got, I've got connections with different experts and they can pop in and out and answer questions. And people that I've interviewed in my podcast too, um, invite them into the Sugar Switch community to pop in now and again and just people being able to share what they know and what ask questions and get information and or change what their experiencing. life yeah. what they're experiencing if they're really having trouble and they i don't they know what want to, to reach here. out yeah help me what do yeah. i do i'm going crazy with this and you know there's <laughs> I just there's, ate a tub of ice cream <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and we all know that story trust me we oh. all have one of them Yes, so we, we've all been through that for sure. So yeah, so the Sugar Switch community is a place where you can get information and support and guidance and, and experience um, no, no judgment of, of any of this because that's mm, important. Judgment is. is what'll take you down the guilt road. We don't want to go down the guilt road. We don't do guilt. So yeah, guilt is- And honestly, important. we've all been there. We've totally. all been there in moments like of- whatever and sometimes we forget that we've been there right and so it's important to be empathetic and compassionate with those that are experiencing things that you've done or mm -hmm. you've had happen or or that you have some knowledge that will help them with absolutely absolutely yes. and you know the, the interesting thing about being human is not only have we been there and we've recovered we can be back there in a flash Oh my God, so true. <laughs> it can, like, it can happen like that. You know, like yeah. we're just all of a sudden right back there and we're going, holy crap, how did I get here? How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it can happen to anybody. Seriously. And then, and then in those moments, we're judging ourselves too, which is brutal. Yes. When we do fall backwards and we're like, oh my God, I, I know better. I shouldn't be doing this. And then there's shame, guilt and all that wonderful yeah. stuff. So yeah. community is super important because super they important. are like this beautiful, warm blanket wrapped around mm -hmm. you saying, you know what? It's okay. We're here to stand with you and help you through this. And then please do the same for me when I fall down. Absolutely. Fall down. Absolutely. So that's what I'm in the process of building. It's, it's a one step at a time thing. There's, you know, yep. infrastructure got to be put in place and uh, there's a few technical things got to learn. <laughs> so it's a oh process. Oh my yeah. God, is that ever? I'm, I, I'm seriously in the same boat with certain things. Techno I, and I'm pretty, I would consider myself technology savvy somewhat, mostly, sort of. Um, but oh, there are so <laughs> many things to know. Yeah, yeah. And technology changes, you know, if it, just, it if it was, if you could learn it and it would be that way, it would be fine. Yeah, but it's not. And no. it's always evolving. You're right. Yeah. And this is why, again, bring in experts because they help. Mm. Yes. With whatever it may be, I will never do my own teeth if I'm a dentist. Oh, <laughs> right. For sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's that's basically what I'm working on. So it's really exciting. It's a process. People can people can watch for it. I have two two uh, websites. People can watch for various things. And there's always um, there's there's updates need to be happening on my websites, but that's another story too. But there's uh, kathyorman.com, c a t h y o r m o n.com. I'll have that. And in there's link. yeah, and there's also uh, the sugarswitchpodcast.com. And on the Sugar Switch podcast, people can actually listen to every episode I've produced. So. Yay. And yeah. would they be able to find that on things like iTunes and Spotify and yes. iHeartRadio? Yeah, absolutely. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Android, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah. Lots of those. So. Yeah. yeah. And and I do a podcast every week and I'm, I'm actually working right now. I'm going to be releasing a podcast series coming up all about, um, all, everything we've talked about <laughs> i've it's it's all about i've given up sugar now what right so like okay so i i've given up sugar the first one will be now what then we're going to talk about in, in an episode we're going to talk about stevia and another one we'll talk about yakon and, and there's yep. all these different things now that i've given up sugar what do i do what do i do how do i still yeah. get to eat okay so yeah. i have to admit this I did a lot of baking and cooking over the last week because I just had stuff that needs to get used. But I have a bag full of walnuts and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with all these walnuts? Because I don't eat them as much as I eat almonds or any other nut, to be honest. Um, so I found this recipe for walnut bark. So it's a mm -hmm. walnut toffee bark. So it's basically chocolate on the bottom, walnut toffee, and then chocolate on the top. Ooh. It's delicious. And I'm not kidding. It's delicious. I'm like, oh my God, the amount we ate between me and the kids. It was crazy. <laughs> but this is the beauty of knowing what to do after you quit sugar is knowing that you can have stuff like this. You can still have cheesecake. I make a killer cheesecake that's actually really healthy. And yeah, I made coolie. I make jams that don't have sugar and they taste delicious and my kids love them. And they're that's still- That's a thing. Yeah. Like, you have options. Absolutely. And, and that's why I want to do these. I want people to know about the different types yeah. of sugar that they can employ in their life. For sure. It's not cut and dried. It's about, it's about finding what works for you in your life. Yes. You and know, again, that goes is. back to knowing your body. Pay attention to your mm -hmm. body. It's telling you things all the time. It's all constantly time. speaking to you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, whether you pay attention or not, it's still yeah. telling you things. Yeah, it <laughs> so is. You may as well pay attention. May as well. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm looking forward to hearing that series. Um, it sounds like it'll be a good one. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm haven't got it quite going yet, but uh, it'll be next, not this Wednesday, but a week. It'll start a week Wednesday, so it'll be what 29th, I guess. Excellent It'll start. End yeah. of the month. Yeah. End of the month. So very exciting. Excellent. Yeah. I will tune into that myself. Um, I'm always interested in hearing what people have to say about options when it comes to food and how we fuel ourselves. And um, and honestly, I'm Kathy. I'm serious when I say I am truly all over the killing the sugar. Like get it out of your system as much as you can. I mean have a piece of cake at, out at a restaurant when you want it once in a while, mm -hmm, absolutely. you know, enjoy that. Enjoy yeah. an ice cream yeah. with your kids on a hot summer day, but know that there's alternatives so that if you feel that you need this more often, you have some alternatives 
and that you're not doing this all the time because really you're literally setting yourself up for a whole bunch of physical ailments that you don't want. You really totally. don't want them. Yeah. And, and it's, it's preventative. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to say a hundred percent, but maybe not quite. Oh, I would say a hundred percent. Would you? Mm, yes. Not quite that brave, but yeah, pretty oh, close. I, I will say a hundred percent. And there's reasons for that. Like, um, it, it gets into epigenetics. It gets into, um, how our genes express and what's triggering the expression of the gene. So oh, that's when, pretty deep stuff. Mm, Holy smokes. I, I'm telling you, I just love research. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say I love research. I love science and I love the science of the body and the mind, how they work together and the things we can do to really drive our lives, drive them, not just be in the backseat as a passenger. Wow. I don't want to be a passenger in this life. I want to live this life to the fullest and regret nothing. Right. And you're right? on the racetrack. <laughs> Why would you not be? When you have this exactly. much energy. You're just like, I gotta run. Absolutely. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right, Kathy. Thank you again for being on on the podcast. So love having you. Oh, thank um, you so much. I appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been a fun conversation. Thank you so much. And that concludes our episode for today, all on sugar. Next week we are going to be talking to a mystery guest. <laughs> Actually, I'm very excited about our guest next week. We have a couple coming up that are absolutely exciting. And I can't even I'm not even going to tell you because it's really good stuff. Um, so you'll have to stay tuned. You beautiful souls can't wait can't wait over these next few weeks. We will really dig into all the things that create a healthy you. And healthy you means we are looking at not only the body, but the mind and the soul. So until next week, my beautiful souls have an absolutely extraordinary week. <laughs>